Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. So that is supposed to say part three, not part two. Hello, everyone. My name is David Reed, and welcome to Dial the Gates. David Hewlett is standing by here. We're going to bring him in just a moment. I wanted to thank you so much uh, for joining us today. I want to thank Joseph Malazzi and Colin Cunningham uh, as well. This has been a pr- terrific start to uh, season two, and I'm so, so thankful. We're almost at 20,000 subscribers, and that is all thanks to you guys. Um, so here's the thing. I need your help in spreading the word on the project. So if you like Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click that like button. It makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm, and it's going to help the show to continue to grow its audience forward. And please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, there's a little subscribe icon there. If you want to get notified... um, uh, Excuse me, giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. Because live streams, you know, they kind of go that way with life. Sometimes things come up and we have to cancel, and you'll get a notification that way. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days and weeks on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. So David and I are going to catch up for uh, a little bit here. While that's happening at youtube.com slash dial the gate, you can go ahead and submit uh, your questions to David. You can also submit questions to me, and I will be answering the questions directed specifically at me at the end of the show. So big thanks to my moderating team who's in there helping make this happen. Let's have, uh, let's see how crazy we can get today. Mr. David Hewlett, Rodney McKay is how joining crazy. us once again. My friend, thanks for being here. Again, oh, it's a I pleasure. really Absolute appreciate pleasure. having you. I'm dragging my carpet, my carpet, my carcass here after having my third. I've just had my booster shot. I feel like I've done the wraith enzyme <laughs> coming down. I'm moving rapidly into uh, into into uh, you know shrine territory here. So and I hope you, I'm. Oh gonna my be some, gosh! I'm hoping I'm going to be some use to you. I've got as I was saying before. I've got my giant mug of tea, and it'll be like a a fireside chat with a slightly <laughs> doddering doddering old McKay. <laughs> Hmm. It's the last man all over again. That's it. It uh, really is. Any side effects? Mine hurt like hell for the I, next well, day, and in, in the arm, and that it was that was it. I had I had the ancient old uh, Astrazenecas, so I did two Astrazenecas, which I don't think you even have down there, do you? I don't think so. Yeah, it's so basically it's the dead virus one. It's the old school one, and of course, being the nerd that I am, I was so disappointed because I was like, "What? I want the." I want the fancy mRNA one, but Canada's like, you get what you're given. You don't, you get what you get and you don't get upset. The te- um, I mean, yeah. the fact that these things came out as fast as, as they did yeah. and that they work is just mm. extraordinary technology. I we mean, were just, so lucky because a number oh, of technologies man. came together, yeah. you know, um, like, uh, what was it? Uh, was it cryomicroscopy? cryomicroscopy, the idea that we could actually start seeing these, these um, molecules at such a tiny, at such a, at such a, um, a, a detailed level. 
allowed us to do stuff that we just wouldn't have been able to do before. What a piece um, of work is man. Oh my God. It's amazing. This is my thing is like, I, I hear about all this, you know, all, all of this stuff happening with the, um, uh, with the environment uh, conference going on in, um, in was it Glasgow or wherever it is. Yeah. And, and I keep thinking, you know, we're never going to change. We're terrible. Like we suck. Like we just suck as a species. We just suck at looking after this planet. So what we got to do is now we got to come up with technologies to help us undo what we've done. Because I think technology is the only thing that's going to save us. Now, I don't think it's going to be a change of the way we are because that ain't happening. Human nature. I mean, I've always at the, the Star Trek fans that, that we are, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. for me personally, it's always been like I completely believe in our ability um, uh, for technology to get us out of problems, but I do not mm. believe in our ability to put down a hammer when we can when we can take it and beat it beat our neighbor over the head with it. Um, yeah, there's and, still that aspect of it, I think for sure. But I think the technology I, I yeah. will win out. I mean, look at polio. It took seven yeah. years to develop the vaccine for this. This mm. took seven months. That's remarkable. Yeah, it's and amazing. we still have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. You know, mm. uh, the science is always going to evolve, and there will be more faster, more efficient ways of doing things. Um, but it's just and the world crazy. is a better place. It may seem yeah. like a terrible place now, but the reality is, you know, we it, get tunnel it, vision. Yeah, it's it's I, we're obviously in a very privileged position, but but at the same time, I think that you know, it's it's sometimes it's easy to forget that we have made huge leaps and bounds in in quality of life for for vast portions of the. Of the planet, we could do a lot more, obviously, but there's but, still a lot to be done. But I think yeah. we're heading in the right direction. I hope so. Yeah, so. I, I, I really do feel like we're starting to, and also just the generations that are coming up now. Oh my God, you know you're old when you start talking about, and the the other generations. Um, Those. What's uh, your Insta? What's your oh? Everything's fire. Um, like what the hell is fire? Is that is that fire? Is that I? That's uh, the thing down sus. here. Oh, everything's I like fire. Sus. Everything's sus. sus. Oh, yeah. sucks. Sus. S U S. That's a new like, one on suspect. me suspect oh my god you know or suspicious or something one of the two yeah that's but again unless you've got like a a 13 14 year old hanging around you don't know any of this stuff (laughs) nor do you want to i'm not sure i want to but you know it's it's uh yeah it's actually it's one of the things i love we've you know we've talked about this before but that's the tech bandits thing for me it just sort of helps me i feel like it keeps me in touch with with the with you know what's happening in the teenage world most of which i could yep i struggle with but but at the same time i think it's fun to know what where their thinking is and where they're going and it just yeah it keeps you young of when you know there there's there's a certain amount of wanting to be aware of what they are thinking you know i know when I think um, it's important yeah well i remember when uh, shorthand became a big deal and i was working in mm. radio for for six seven years shorthand on on phones with texting Right. And there was a concern, and and rightly so, that that uh, young people and the older people who wanted to mistreat them in various ways were using mm. a shorthand that even if parents looking at the text messages couldn't wouldn't necessarily decipher. And it's important yeah. that you know you become that you stay at least abreast of a lot of what your kids mm. are doing and what the things that they are saying mean. Well, know? the very nature of English. I mean, oh, or, or yeah. language in general is, is that it changes and adapts all the time. I mean, it's constantly changing and adjusting the meanings of words and things. I mean, exactly. You know, I get I you know, I get schooled on a, on a lot of stuff. I mean, because I'm I'm you know, I'm I'm older. I've I grew up at a different time with different thoughts on yeah. things. And it's it's fascinating to me. I don't again, I, I used to feel sort of threatened by it. I now and now I, I find it. Fa- I mean, I get told off about something now. It's like, thank you, because I, I obviously don't mean to never quit learning, do the wrong thing. Yeah, right. exactly. That's yeah. it. Lifelong learning, man. It's the it's the and I think it's not even I mean, I suppose it's a technical term. It's almost like a technical way of call- it, the reality is it's just 
you know, the world is an amazing place. There's amazing stuff going on. I, I, it's why I love science fiction is it's people experimenting with a future that hasn't happened yet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and also perhaps warning us about futures that we don't want to go down to. Yeah, which know? is weird, though. And yet we still like we still literally just sign ourselves up for it. I mean, it's just amazing to be people talking about Facebook right now and the evils yeah. of Facebook. I'm like, we they're like, they, what about this? What about data privacy and stuff? I was like, you gave them everything. What do you right. like? What's the it's not like they had to take anything. Right. You know, they gave we happily give this stuff up for a for a, you know, for five bucks off or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so and it's amazing for praise from from strangers we will happily expose mm-hmm. ourselves in all manner. And means everyone's without... becoming more and more like an actor. It's terrifying. <laughs> Everyone just wants attention all the time. Our competition is, is increased by by millions, by seven billion. Yeah, all yeah, the world exactly. is literally a stage. Yeah, yeah, and, and it. The thing that I, um, that that scares me is the stuff that we're putting out there now. That mm. intentionally or not, maliciously or not, we have no mm. idea will be able to be used against us in the future. Mm. Like when you mm. send, when you text your 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 nude to your mm. you know, your girlfriend, and then your mm. girlfriend turns on you and posts that online, mm. that is out there in the ether now, and mm. you know may come back to haunt you later. On. There, I mean, the, who, what was the girl who drank bleach, you know, <sighs> and ended up killing herself after that just a few years ago? We are so. Um, uh, mortal, and we have to really be careful about what it is that we put out there because once you cast that that fishing pole, you can't always reel it back. Oh well, yeah, and the inter- it's the internet is permanent. It's like stone. It's worse than stone. It's just it's you know it's like writing it in stone. It keeps it's getting dug up. I mean, it's blockchain. over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I think the thing to remember that I that that was a sort of a it's one of those things that we all understand, but to have it said sometimes helps. Is just that. Is that you know you go on the web you get all depressed about how many stupid people there are and and the stupid things that are said or the inappropriate things or whatever. The reality is it takes nothing to say something stupid or to react to something right. in a bad way. It takes no thought at all. It takes a lot of thought. Like this, let's admit, admittedly, it's just a conversation, but it still requires you to organize this stuff, it, it, to plan it, to to you know to actually take some time to put stuff together, have yeah. some semblance of a of a plan for the chat or whatever. To do something that makes that is useful to people is it requires work. So there's always going to be more like crap out there than there is quality stuff. Always, and that's not a testament. That's not a testament to humanity. That's just the, the nature of work, you know. Um, and also knowing your audience as well. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. when um, Steve Jobs, you know, came out with uh, the iPad and the iPhone. Mm. And yep. his son Reed was was pretty young at the time, and it was eventually revealed that Reed was never allowed to touch any of this stuff. God, I wouldn't you know? have watched Steve Jobs as my dad. Well, right. Well, <laughs> I mean, not. when you've got <laughs> other like, I'll never forget my neighbor bringing out her 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 eighteen month old. The kid's mm. crying. She snaps an iPad into the into the the entertainment center, pacifies the kid Jones. immediately. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. did you? Yeah. I, I may be string a little personal here. Did you? Mm. What kind of boundaries did you set down for your family, being as tech heavy and aware as you are and as you try to be? I think I made all the wrong choices. I mean, I was completely, I mean, I was, we were definitely very much aware of what was being used on the iPad and we tried to sort of skew it towards things that were, I mean, there was some fantastic, there's some brilliant games out there. I mean, oh yeah. One that I love a dragon box or whatever it was, which is basically teaching. Um, um, uh, I mean, it was um, God, what would it have been? Um, 
I can't remember the name of the this is this is where my brain goes. This no, is where okay. okay, I blame COVID. I blame COVID vaccines for this. <laughs> um but uh, algebra is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Um, but basically, it teaches you algebra, but using images. So right. you've got little kids working stuff out using images instead of numbers. Because basically, whatever it is, math is just a sim- bunch of symbols. Yeah, your brain just, connects just it decide. the same way. Yeah. Um, like, my brain is not connecting now. But um, <laughs> I think I'll stay away from math in this conversation. Because <laughs> there's going to be a few no-fly zones for the ones where, I, where I'm not going to make any sense. But um but yeah, so there was a lot of I we you know we actively looked in a nerdy way. I would look for for things that were were hopefully of use to him. But the reality is, I I was never allowed to use uh, the television. That's I was never, right. I never, so That's I, right. you know, and I as a result, I really feel like I I missed out because I you know Monday morning you come in and I didn't know what happened on Six Million Dollar Man that right. the night before. You know, that and you somehow wound up on TV. And yet, and yet I found, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I'm also one of those people who can't go into a bar with TV on. I'm like, I, I can't, right. like, it's not, I never learned to do that multitasking thing that everyone else seems to do. So interesting. it was, yeah, there was always something special about television and films to me. It was like, like, you know, my father hated television, but always, always brought films home to watch. Always. It was a huge movie buff. He appreciated um, the art. You know? Yeah, I think that was it. I think he what he didn't like, and I caught myself saying to my son the other day, he didn't like the flicking of channels because then he felt the TV, the networks were telling you what to watch. That. Right, it's what caught your eye. And you're not and, watching. A friend of mine once told me you're not watching what's on. You're trying to find. No. You're trying to watch what else is on. And it, Which you're is just waiting to get caught. Right, you're just like waiting to get caught. You're like a fish. Like you're just waiting for that hook. Oh, what's going to get me? And that's what happens with the algorithms on YouTube and stuff. So one of the things I say to my son is like, please don't just watch next. No, Find, no. think of something, something you want to watch. Don't and look let it, it up. feed you. Exactly. So that's and that's that. So that's the sort of stuff. we've been showing. The other thing I told my son, which was a um, um, uh, one of the Mythbusters um, uh, uh, talked about this, was was uh, that the Internet hates women. So teach, I taught my kid that any question he asks the Internet Keep in mind, it's probably sexist, racist, homophobic, ableist, and everything else. Because, you know, there's a, it's like asking your dodgy uncle a question. You know, you're going to get a, you may not get the most appropriate answer to mm-hmm. stuff. And that, that's that been interesting as well. So just, just like trying to get him to go to different sources. So he's, it's, it's not just, he'll come in and go like, the internet's turned everyone to like Cliff Claver from Cheers, right? They all come in with like, yeah. Yeah, well, actually, you know, the uh, virus is uh, caused by, you know, everyone's got like an 5G. opinion on something. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. Well, yeah, and that's in the false case. But I mean, but it's also people have these useless facts that they've learned on the internet that they like to throw into conversation now. A lot of the kids do. And I'm always big on, give me three sites. Give me three sites that can back that up. Because right. that sounds amazingly cool. But there's a very good chance that it's mm-hmm. not even it's not even real. It's just something that they've come up with that they know is going to hook people's attention. So. The the search algorithms are often, for better or for worse, because they just they just churn they churn us um, mm. are often for better or for worse lowest common denominator machines mm. Mm. that are going to feed us whatever it is that we want. Not necessarily what we need or what someone else thinks that we need, but what we want to keep on using it. Yeah, it's like so. it's like the little rats going up and electrocuting themselves to get the cheese. Like they'll just they'll keep doing it over and over and over again. I mean, it's just we are I mean, we're not designed for this world. You know, we're just not our brains were not designed to have this much no, information we're presented farmers. to us all the time. We're also not we're also not designed to operate at, you know, a hundred miles an hour on highways. I mean, like it's not 
we are, you know, I think we have been outpaced by our technology and we are now beginning to look to other technologies to help us with the technologies that we have now. So we've got autonomous vehicles, we've got AI working through the data for us, we've got big data, we've got all these things, all these technologies that are coming out right now are ones that are basically augmenting us as humans and allowing us to actually compete and 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 function in this world that we that is just too fast and too vast for us at this point right but at the same time you know i'm thankful uh uh for so much of the technology like we have right now the ability to sit down and talk with you across borders yeah transmitting around the world across borders anyone you know who has access to it it's it's remarkable and the pandemic could you imagine if the pandemic had happened without the internet I mean, I've often thought about that. It would just be a, you know? it would be a disaster. I mean, not every, I mean, admittedly, that's, we saw it really showed up a lot of the, you know, the haves and the have nots in the world from the education standpoint as well. Mm-hmm. But, but the fact that there was a possibility to get any education during a, a situation like that yeah. is extraordinary. I so. mean, part of me was like, you know, if we didn't have the internet and, and the pandemic happened, what, what chances are there that, you know, uh, a, there would have been a, a spike in, in reading books, you know, that there, that's a part of that's a part of it. But I mean, that's well, another books is an interesting one, though, too, because I started thinking, well, would we have invented books if we'd been able to go straight to the Internet and video from the cavemen days? I mean, you mm-hmm. know, when we were like living in caves, telling each other stories, we've really gone back to like podcasts and these kind of things. They're mm-hmm. just we've gone back to telling stories mm-hmm. in the way that we're most used to it, which is by looking at people and seeing them wave their arms around and stuff, some more than others, apparently. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's a little callback to Nickel. Um, yeah, right. And, and, uh, <laughs> and there's, and then there's, um, you know, and then there's the, you know, the idea that we came up with books purely to to allow us to distribute the knowledge that we had or to keep it contained in some ways. But but the idea that, you know, it was an abstraction that we were forced to create because there wasn't technology that allowed us to do this. Mm-hmm. If this had, if this had, if this had, if we had leapfrogged over that stuff, I don't not sure we'd even need books. And that, of course, some people get very, very antsy about that. Well, it's like books. I love books. It's not just that. It's there is there is a a. um a, sl- a, a a reduction in speed and a thoughtfulness of process to yes. putting in a a your thoughts into a book that mm. allows you to be considered to, of your thoughts and allows you to make multiple drafts and refine your thought rather mm. than just like this it's live once it's out yeah. it's out and yeah. the things that we say aren't always 100% what we mean but no, we have God, a ch- with a book you have a chance case. to do that and the the yeah. flip side of that is so few and this is the thing that that I'm even noticing in myself and probably you mm. are too. We're not patient enough to absorb the information. Oh, Our no, mind yeah. wanders so fast. Yeah. And it's like, well, especially if I'm this bad now, like me, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm recently diagnosed with ADHD and, and it's like, everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> like no one, right. I, including myself was that surprised. And if I doesn't make much difference in my life anyways, but it's just kind of fun to have that as something, you know, another thing to learn about basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea that, that, yeah, we don't, uh, I mean, I think it's, Every so often, like I've got the, my the best invention, the, like the the best purchase I've made in the last like two years is just a pair of like of, of the AirPods for my for my phone because I can I can go for walks and talk to people on the phone. I can have I can always be doing something, and every so often I've realized I have to take them off, put them in my pocket, and just walk for a bit with my own with my own your stuff. thoughts because and have sometimes stuff you just arrive forget. to you. 
Yes. Otherwise, it's just noise all the time. Noise. You're constantly being buffeted by other stuff going on all the time. So, do you and Jane uh, sleep with your phones next to your nightstands, or do oh, you we're put awful. Them away? We're awful. I mean, we we see each other by the glow of the lights. And, <laughs> of our, I mean, I, that's how I, you know, I would probably wouldn't recognize Jane without without the glow of the light. I mean, the other problem, of course, with the pandemic is that we weren't. We don't just work from home. We live yeah. at work. I mean, that's yeah. the that's you know, a, it, the delineation we're missing. I think yeah. is very important for some people because your home can office can also become a prison mm. but that's but i think you and i are, are somewhat familiar with this stuff like we've mm. done this before i think nerds i'm assuming i'm including you and myself in this um you know i think we we kind of thrive in this environment because it's like we're used to this this is this is the cyber existence where we're all equal because we're all just from here up anyways it's just about what we have to say in our you know i i think that's something we've always sort of reveled in but for, i think what back to us we also have to remember the, our trick is to remember when to step away Oh, well, that's an I never do. I'm terrible. You know? I, that's why we got a dog. My right. wife got a dog in spite. I, I, to walk the humans. I, I fought it. She's she's walking her human. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Jane wanted me to leave the house. I was never. I was like, there's a pandemic on out there. I'm not going out there. I'm a germaphobe at the best of times. Yeah, it's just crazy. I Before we get into um, the Stargate section of the conversation. We're never going to get to the Stargate <laughs> section. There's too, much, there's too much stuff to talk about. There's, there's too much stuff happening. Uh, you you mentioned something to me at this at the start of the program that was like oh we I really want to bring that up your friend Lance Gimpy G yeah. what is going on so yeah so this is uh, Lance is a friend of mine I met through uh, Barnacles another another sort of YouTuber and and a Twitch guy wonderful wonderful guy um, ex Microsoft programmer oh wow just one of my I one of the things I love about the internet I love about tw- like uh, Twitter is i mean everyone has these horrible stories about twitter and i'm like i love i don't understand i like i love twitter i meet people i would never talk to otherwise mm. and one of them was this was barnacles and, and so we started doing i start to, whenever i can i, I do a saturday morning sort of tech talk with him and assistive tech came up one day this guy gimpy gimpy gaming um gimpy g gaming came up and said something about how do you do this and barnacles is like well I, you know, I'm more of a software guy. I don't really know much about Arduino and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, dude, that's like my, that's my, it's my bag. Like, I, I love that stuff. I literally, I've got like a, I got a, I've got an electric wheelchair in the, in the other room that that's being operated by an Arduino right now. I, I, wow. I love it. I got to kill someone, but it's, I'm, but it's fantastic. I got to get a kill switch. That's my next purchase is a kill switch. Cause I realize I, that once it's on, it's on. <laughs> I mean, it, it is very hard to stop wow. a wheelchair when it's, when it's moving at speed. So, yeah. Yeah, so I was smart enough to actually to put it up on a little stand so the wheels go. But I, I'm very glad I. Yeah, <laughs> Jane's like, "What's that? What's that burning smell?" I was like, "It's just me." Um, Don't mind the motor; it's fine. But anyway, so he asked about some some assistive stuff, and I said, "Oh, great! Well, let's let's chat." And we started talking, and he's just a freaking hilarious guy. He's um, he's got um, uh, he, he was a teacher, uh, so uh, he's a teacher who had to literally sue the education board to get the job because he was the most qualified guy. Never got the job, and they're like, "Well, we'd have to build like ramps and stuff because he's in a wheelchair." Oh, dang! Please, yeah. So, um, you know, small town. Um, uh, okay. You know, uh, obviously a lovely community that sort of rallied around him. So, what happened recently is that uh, he just got set up. His brother-in-law had like built the, the space up. His, his, his nephew had helped him out. They'd got the whole Twitch streaming gaming thing. Cause his dream was, he's like, the one thing he can do is they can roll him up to the computer. He could control it with his head and a head mounted um, uh, yep. mouse. And we had this, uh, we've got these uh, assistive uh, 
see if I can drag this in so you can see it. I don't know if you can or not. But so there's like these, yes. these, these amazing, the quad sticks where you can control it with your mouth. Yes. And by sipping and puffing, amazing things. Um, all set up. He's doing that. Um, he just started streaming. And then one of his streams, fire alarm, I don't know if the fire alarm went off or no, his, 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 his uh, sister came in and said, we just had to call 911. And he literally on the stream goes, I've got this sinking feeling. And sure enough, he gets wheeled out. And then the room just fills with smoke and his house burns down on stream. He's got nothing like, and of course the house is kitted up with all of his assistive tech. He's got his mom there because his mom is in some uh, quite a uh, quite a long stage of, of dementia. Yeah. Um, got his sister who looks after him, his 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 nephew who looks after him, his his uh, uh, brother in law. They're all in a comfort inn. She says might need to change its name. <laughs> um, but of course, what we forget is it's not just about a bed because he can't sleep in a regular bed. He's got to be he's got to be moved. He's got to he's got to be able to adjust. He's got this because when you just lie there, there are different pressure points that need mm-hmm. to be adjusted. Adjusted all the time. I remember I always thought like, you know, well, if you're if you're quadriplegic, then you don't have to worry. You don't feel anything. But of course, the reality is, in his case, he feels everything. He just can't move it. Yeah. You know, he, he sort of laughingly talks about a time that a spider made a web on his face and there's nothing he could. He's like trying to get rid of it. And it's yeah, just nothing you can do. Nothing he can it's do. like in an iron lung. But he is so freaking positive. He's yeah. so funny. He's uh, I, you know, I was playing uh, Magic Gathering with him and stuff all before all of this. And then this happened. And I just I sort of feel like if there's one little thing I can do, it's sort of point people at his GoFundMe. Um, You know, I know times are tough for everyone right now, so I totally understand if you can't. But if you can, it's a he's a great guy to help out. One of the things that happened was the heat from the fire was so intense. It his vehicles burst into flames so his wheelchair assist like his wheelchair lift van that's gone um and apparently uh one of the last things his mother did was to renew the insurance and it was not insured for fire so they've just gone yep sorry about that van buddy um so he's got to get it at least at the very least he's got to get an assistive van because that's Where can how we to, go yeah on GoFundMe. Um, it's, um, you know it's GoFundMe. i think he's called himself the quad squad let me see if i can find the link for you i'll i'll uh it's and again Lance he's just got car Lance Carr, that's the man. Did you find him? I did indeed, and it's See, going look up how good on he is. the screen right now. Oh, he's got puppy. He does. Oh my god. Yeah. Aww. Who I thought was snoring in our last in our last uh, uh, Twitch chat, but it turns out it wasn't. It was one of his family. Yeah. GoFundMe. <laughs> I just put in on on. Oh, that's yeah. funny. On Google, uh, GoFundMe Quad Squad. Yeah. He's he's halfway to his goal. Um, well, this is the funny thing. That was orig- originally that goal was to get him kitted up with assistive tech. Now, God. as I say, like, life is a lot more expensive than fifty grand. So, uh, yeah, that's true. I think he's going to need any help he can get. At Absolutely. Least, you know, and also, honestly, I think this is the other thing that I've said. I've said, like, how do we turn this? You know, how do we turn Gimpy G into a phoenix rising from the mm-hmm. flames? Um, and I think what's kind of nice is his channel got a huge bump because, of course, the news outlets jumped on this and goes, you know, man, you know, quadriplegic man, you know, rescued from burning house on Twitch stream. And, you know, um, it's something you'd want to see in the comic almost. There you go. So that's, you know? yeah. So, so it's just, it's just got a, it's incredible. So he's got a bunch of new stuff, which I think has picked up some interesting stuff. So, and I was saying like, well, great, let's just run with it. Absolutely. Like, see, you know, I've been bugging a few friends in the, in the, uh, you know, HGTV space to see if they can 
maybe. But I just thought, what a great episode that would be about getting a bunch of Stargate nerds together to come and rebuild his house as an assistive palace of some sort. You know what I mean? Like, just, I don't know, something just to help fund, fund it, pay for it. Absolutely. Um, and yes. I, for some reason, I don't know why, assistive tech fascinates me. The idea of like augmenting ourselves. I mean, we define ourselves by our technology. The idea That's that technology true. will soon be um, at a point where we, where it, it basically makes them, it's, it's semantics. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when we can all, you know, when we can all move the same way or we can all de- move depending on what kind of machinery we've got attached to us. I, I, I just, I think that's a, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty amazing place to be living. Amazing uh, and you know. scary. You know, where, where, yeah. and where does the, where do we end and, does it begin, you know? Well, and, and it's beginning by having a phone in our pockets, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's well, where it I started. Mean, I think, I, I think these, frankly. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's right. I suppose now we'd also probably be able to see better if we weren't at the computer all the time. But yeah, the fact, <laughs> but the fact that I wear now has become cheap enough that yeah. people can see what they couldn't before. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of extraordinary. I hadn't even thought of that. That's, that's very smart. Very smart. Um, smart guy right there, there you go. <laughs> absolutely yeah. so we're going to post the link as well and it's in thank you very uh, thank, much thank you absolutely and thank you summer for posting it in uh the chat as summer well, rocks guys. thank you summer summer rocks yeah all, all my and, and keep an eye and, and the other thing is if you can go just go and follow him on on yeah on Twitch because we get we'll get some big numbers for him that'll help him get some help even just itself that doesn't cost anyone anything so what does he could, what does he what does he do on twitch uh games he games like what specifically as the gamer uh, in the room? Well, I mean, just I, I, you know, he's uh, I got him into Magic the Gathering, which he really okay. quite likes. Um, and he's really good at it now. It drives me crazy. <laughs> I've never gotten like, well, into it. Fair, really? Nah, I've tried and I'm like, there's so many Baz moving parts. I, Baz came up with this idea, which I thought was brilliant to do like a Magic the Gathering for, for us sci fi nerds. Yeah. And we wanted to call it uh, Astronauts and Aliens and do like a the same kind of thing and have different houses. Like, you know, there would be like a, there'd be like a race of tree like creatures and a race of insect like creatures. Right. And there were humans and you had to build. It's a great idea. I'd love to, I'd love to try to figure something out with it because I do love the mechanics of magic, the gathering. Yeah. And the idea of having a magic, the gathering that wasn't just all these sort of, I, you know, I was, I was never a huge fantasy fan. I mean, I did, I read a bit of sort of, you know, uh, here's Anthony and stuff, but, but it was all pretty sort of like, you know, teeny bop kind of fantasy stuff. I preferred the, the sci-fi. So the idea of being able to do a Magic the Gathering, only it's like Science the Gathering, would be just, I think, would be Well, if you guys continue to pursue that, um, please let me know, because yeah, I would like we'll, to be we'll, we'll get, we'll for get sure. Gimpy G. Get Gimpy G no, and, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and Q on that. Yeah, that's true. For two, sure. Two guys we that. I've got um, several fan questions that have already been mm. submitted that I, I do please, want to uh, come around to. The you first... know me, so whatever you want to, you know. I gotcha. So the first of which we have to get to right off the top. Jen Collin, did you enjoy the AI script? Oh, my God. It was <laughs> I mean, it's like a fantasy for me. I, it didn't make any sense at all. But I but what I was blown away, the thing that blew me away about the AI script stuff was that it got the it got the stage directions right. Yeah. You know I mean? Like they were if you think about what it requires to for it to That's have true. It had a progression. People would enter the room. People would say something. People would leave the room. The gate was dialed. I was, the Stargate opened at one point. You know, I was kind of surprised that it went. He looks there. at her. She looks at him. He, he looks, looks back at her. At her. He, yeah, it was just you know, it, <laughs> but it was so like reading a script written by a child. Yeah, like I've been I've been there. I've been handed those scripts by my son. You know, and you're like, 
you're, you're laughing about how ridiculous aspects of the Marvel, you know, back when he was much, much younger. But um, now the, now it's scary. He comes up with ideas and you're like, God, that's good. I'm yeah. That. Um, <laughs> but the idea that, that, um, that it was capable of doing that, I, I think the fact that we're seeing it at this level, and Lawrence um, Roney as well is another, he's just a wonderful guy to talk to. I think secretly I, I kind of, one of the reasons why I jumped on that one as opposed to other things was just because I felt that it was some, there was some crossover there with tech bandits and my own sort of learning stuff. Uh, and I was just fascinated by it. And as a result, uh, you know, Lawrence and I have been chatting. I'll Correct. Chat with him again. Absolutely. And so we've got all sorts of stuff having like that, that other trouble we can get into now as well. But and I just love that Brad is like, was sort of prescient enough and to, to jump on that stuff. I mean, the guys, I mean, Brad's, I, I, I just, I, I love him. He's just, he's like, he was just, he's just wonderful to have around. He laughs at my jokes and, and I, I, uh, yeah. And then just to see everybody again, that's the other thing. It's really nice to just, even in a zoom chat, I haven't seen Amanda for like decades at this point. We're like wow. ships in the night. She like yeah. arrives in Toronto and goes, and, and you know, I go, Hey, you in Toronto. And she goes, yeah, tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, I leave tomorrow. Right. You know, so it's, it's, we've just been, it's just been ridiculous. So, well, it was, and I'm so impressed with her career. Like the, she the directing stuff is fantastic. Is extra, I, you know, have wanted to get her on, and mm. you know, the, her people she's are very hard to get. She's hard to get, and and I'm so conflicted working. because on one hand, I'm like, I'm so happy for her, and on the other mm. hand, I'm like, please give me an hour, <laughs> take, a, take a freaking break, so, right? Yeah. you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, just she's just absolutely just extraordinary and it couldn't have happened to a more well-deserved person well no i get career that she's wanted both as a person who is just such a fantastic person and also who just knows her craft i mean if anyone's going to tell you how to do something in a scene it's going to be amanda she's been doing it longer than anybody um and doing it really well and has always been one of those you know team player actors that is there to help facilitate the storytelling not just their own ego and it's just a and she's just i yeah i love it a bit it's amazing the thing that really surprised me and you're right very much on the point of the stage direction being being what it was juxtaposed to the dialogue which is all over the place was all over the place Mm -hmm. and i didn't I Some of the in, funniest lines, though. Well, uh, the, he I think Brad's going to steal a few I of mean, those lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I, mean, it's, I didn't know. I'm me. Daniel Jackson. If you don't know me, you should study more. <laughs> right? I mean, the uh, I walked into it not knowing what to expect. Yeah. And uh, I got uh, a text message from Richard Pasco, who's one of the mm. founders of GateCon. And oh, yeah. he, he, I think, said it the best. He think, I think Brad's job is safe for the considerable future. I said, I think for so. a while, though. But here's the thing, though. Those technologies, I... they start slow and clumsy, you know, like, yeah, but how you long know, has Watson used... been around? Yeah, and you can true. put that up against. I mean, that thing beat the Jeopardy. And that's been, mm. what, five, six, seven years more. Mm. I was just kind of surprised. I, I mean, again, I also don't think that people have been putting it to. The, I, I think what what I love about Lawrence and what Lawrence is doing with this is that he like ourselves is someone who just in, is is just revels in the science fiction revels in the science is someone who's constantly trying to sort of just basically wants to live in that sci-fi world mm. so he's playing with this stuff i think if there were i think if people put some some time and resources into this i think we'd be amazed at what it comes up with because i think the the the, the weird sort of little haunting back of my neck thing that i got was i went i've read this script before 
and I've read yeah. it from from children. Yeah. And I mean, and they develop, right? I mean, they learn, they learn. And, and it, the more they learn, the better they get at this stuff. But I, I also have to admit, you know, it, it texturally, even though it was all over the place, texturally, it did feel like Stargate. And it wasn't yeah. just because yeah. the gate opened. Oh, come or on. So, so. I mean, oh, like, come on. They threw that yeah, in there. It was, I mean? There like, were things that gave me a little bit of heebie-jeebies. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Am I seeing a preview of our future? Am I, I mean, in, yeah. in you know, 20, 30 years, are we going to have her, you know, with Scarlett Johansson's it's, voice and all? I, but again, if it's good at it, great. You know what I mean? If it can come up with, if it can come up with new Stargate stories for right. me, that every night I go to bed and I listen to a new Stargate story written by an AI and I don't know, and I don't right. care because I enjoy it. That's fantastic. And that just frees people up to do other stuff. So, you well, know, just the I, emergency breaks in me always warn constantly warning myself at, at at equal proportions just don't get swept away mm. you know by the text I, I think one of the he talks about the there's this the, there's this um unrealistic expectations with these things yeah where you come into like you know text to speech or or speech to text and you're like you're like it doesn't work you know what i mean and it's like well it doesn't work right away but well, here's what it's good at yeah. Yes. Or here's what it's good at. Or yeah. here's what it's. But again, that's the funny thing is that the tech, I think, up until very recently has all been about trying to adapt the human to the tech. You know, I mean, look at the keyboard, for God's sake. It's designed to slow us down so we don't we don't mash keys on a typewriter. <laughs> I, our technology is designed is designed by engineers and because, you know, generally geeky white nerds in their basement. And that's changing now. And that diversity in tech is I think going to have a huge impact on how, where things go now, because all of a sudden we're saying like, no, I don't, I don't even look, I, I'm one of those guys now who, when I pick up new software and stuff, if it's not intuitive enough for me in the first couple of days, if I can't go through a cut, if I can't do an introduction tutorial and be able to at least do something with it, I'm like, screw this. That's true. That's it. And that may be just my ADHD, but it's also, I think it's to me, it's like, no, that it's not advanced enough yet. Right. It should be it should know it it should be designed around how an artist works or how whoever's using the whatever you're using it for, yeah. a data scientist or a or a bio, whatever, whatever you're into. Um, you know, it should be designed to work with us, not us have to figure out how to work with it. I mean, you know? to a degree, I think that the latter is expected, but it should mm. be a fraction of a percent compared to the other oh, way yeah, around. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think link, looking back on the AI s- scripts, uh, the other part that that I took home was uh, when it was said, you know, it can all o- what comes out of it can only be as much as what was put into it. And right. This garbage was in, a garbage test. Out. This yeah, was an experiment. Yeah. And yeah. something tells me that uh, potentially, maybe not. But mm. if they poured millions and millions of dollars in mm. research in, into into coding more specific information mm. about Stargate into this thing, mm. who knows how refined a script would have come out? You know what would be interesting if they did? If there was some way of having the AI process like the, uh, the Gate World glossary, because then it would be armed with wow. everything. In All a way, the, yeah. see if you could get – see if you could get um, – if you could have it parse what's on you know, that media. huge tome of stuff in the onthepedia or even just the combination of like you know it could it could it could look at it could look at the things that people say in the chat it could look at things that have been written about the episode it could look at reviews fan fiction fan fiction all sorts of stuff and then start going like okay this is what i'm beginning to get a sense of patterns here because yeah. and in a weird way it's kind of perfect for television because television is all about doing the same thing differently every week 
people want things to be different but they don't want it to be too different. Otherwise it's not the show that they're interested in, right? So in a way, an AI is perfect for that going like, okay, how far can I go before we start losing people's interest, you know? Yeah, straddling um, the uncanny valley. Yeah, well then that's, and then, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I, look, I can't wait. I, I um, <laughs> Those unreal I, faces, man, they just look a little bit dead behind the eyes, but other yeah. than that, they are there. And they'll get there, yeah, if they're not already. Who knows? We could be looking at politicians that, we, that aren't actually politicians anymore. I mean, oh, you know, politicians are definitely... Yeah, you know, the deep fakes me. have become very, very good. I'm oh, amazed. my gosh. Yeah. Man. Um, Summer says, uh, your recent audition videos are funny and brilliant. Can you tell us about that project, and will it continue? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. A lot of my friends have said, like, dude, I think you may have found your call one. Um, I, right? I... I did them sort of as a joke. I we were talking about the companion with the companion guys about doing the AI thing, and I, sort of in passing, I made like some stupid joke about I should audition for it, and we sort of ran with that as one of the ideas uh, for the for helping to promote it. Um, and I feel kind of weird about the companion stuff because it's it's a it's a for pay service, and I guess I didn't realize really how. I, I feel a little icky about that side of stuff. Not not because they're doing anything wrong, but just because I, I just I feel like I I feel weird selling people on a service that I'm not using myself. You know, normally if it's something I'm selling to people, it's something that I that I use myself and I like or whatever, you know. Um, uh, so so I was a bit nervous about doing it at first, but I like the nerds who are running it because a bunch mm-hmm. of wonderful British nerds and people seem to like it. So people let, like the what they're they're delivering. So and they also had a free giveaway thing so they had you could get a you could get your first few months free and then you would be able to see this right you're incentivized so, to check it out so that and, was the that yeah. was the idea that was, that was sort of my I, I think if that wasn't there I, I don't know that i would have been up for it but um so we were talking about how do we let people know about it and i made a joke about these videos then of course as soon as i said it i got off the chat and i was like uh jane what if i i just committed <laughs> to something else why can't i say no and and baz and i i just got baz and we went downstairs and we literally just went Let's just try some. Let's stuff. just try it. And Baz was such a great straight man. Like all that off camera is Baz. He's a trooper, and he just makes that shit up. Excuse the language. He <laughs> just fine. makes that stuff up. He's just like, he was like that whole bit about the puffin. That was him. The whole uh, the, the one that got me that I didn't even notice on the day was I do the little flex. And I say, how does that, does that look better? And he's like, I don't think anyone will notice. Um, you know, and it's like, I'm like, you little jerk. Um, you know, and it's just, again, this is one of those amazing things. I mean, again, this sort of goes back to the AI in a way. But, you know, there was a time when Baz would just say nonsense. It was just, he was kid stuff. And you'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there, there, there. And then all of a sudden it starts making sense. And then, then it starts actually making you think. And it's, uh, and I think that's, I like, I sort of liken the AI to the, to the child to some extent. Um, and it's kind of neat to watch Baz turn into a sort of empathetic and 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 uh, irritatingly quick uh, <laughs> young teenager. We know? move a little bit faster than the computers do, but you know, mm. at a certain point, for it's long. like that—that's the question. So, yeah. absolutely, Planet TV. I play the game The Sims Three. Oh, I remember yeah. The Sims, uh, yeah. and have as Rodney McKay's traits. I have handy, genius, computer whiz, neurotic, and workaholic. Do you think these five traits work for McKay? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I think do we? Do, I think you might have been sarcastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And was there ego in there? I mean, uh, yeah, no, no, computer whiz, genius. Yeah, this definitely nothing in terms of like. I think his... maybe it's like self-professed genius. Right. I think there's always a because one of the things I loved about McKay was he wasn't just. 
he wasn't just smart. He was irritatingly smart because he, he was one of those people who just who knew it and just didn't have it was almost like I don't know if they think they call it Asperger's anymore. It's sort of on the spectrum there right. where, you're, where you are. I just it's you just assume that everyone is an idiot. Right. Exactly. And, and I, I think it's you know, and it was just so it's so much fun to play those sort of flawed, those flawed, wonderful, you know, it's- I mean. Deep down, probably an all right person, but well, right. But the way that he presents himself—that's the thing, you know. And I think that that's that's no finer um, demonst- demonstrated than in Sunday when he's woken up by mm-hmm. the two junior scientists, and they're they're like, "What well, you did the same thing last week?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's because I am me. You are you, you know. And <laughs> when you break something, you don't have to fix it. I do. Yeah. And it's like yeah. we're sitting there going, "Man, this guy is a jerk." But at yeah. the same time, he's the guy you call. When yeah. you when you need the problem solved, so you can't yeah. really argue with that. He just has. It's like the line from. Um, it's the line from. Uh, and smart people aren't necessarily nice. They don't necessarily the go along yeah. together. I worked with a lot of people, and I did IT for a little while, and I met a lot of people like this who were like really, really smart, but really, really <laughs> difficult to work with. <laughs> I you tried know? to the. Uh, the the film the the film's name um, I can't think of it right now but it's got Jeff Bridges and and Ron uh, Goodman in it uh, the dude abides I can't think of it but uh, uh, oh what the with the dude you mean um, the dude uh, yeah 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 um, uh, oh, the, gosh, the the, the brothers oh, my yeah God. exactly you know it, the 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 quote that always comes back to me is you're not wrong Walter you're just an asshole yeah you know that's it but that's it I think that really is I think I, like. And I think that there's a lot of here's the other, I mean, one of the other issues you have going back to the tech stuff to some extent mm. in reference to this is that we reward these 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 sort of almost sociopaths with mm-hmm. money, with fame, lot of them. We put them up on pedestals and then we go like, why are people so such jerks? It's like because that's what we're promoting. You know what that's I mean? who they're emulating. Like, I'm yeah. not sure you I think there's an assumption that you sort of have to be an asshole in order to be brilliant. It's just not true. It's just not true. It's just that they tend to get ahead because they're willing to step on other people to get there. Right. And, w- and our society has always rewarded that. And I think that's beginning to change now, too. Yeah. I mean, what do we get in the process? I mean, if if we're going to let you run amok and do what you're going to do is is what what you return to society had better be leaps and bounds in, in mm. comparison, you know? Yeah, these um, people are exceptional humans, but they're terrible humans. They're just right, not good at, at the same humans, Yeah, exactly. You know? And then you get you that sort of exacerbated by, by by the fact that 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 they are also being ridiculously wealthy as well. So exactly. there's a bubble that forms around you know, them. Watching, I mean, I, I mean, watching, um, uh, uh, you know, the Facebook guy Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg trying on virtual outfits as he changes the name of the comp- the most reviled company in the world to Meta from Facebook is just you're just like going like. Who's telling him this is I'm a good I'm convinced idea. he's an android. I yeah. mean, that, that yeah. data deep fake, yeah. man. Data had a better heart. <laughs> well, yeah. to be data fair, we got human. to know data. It's true. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of, you know, in front of a Senate hearing. And again, um, I'll bet you if you meet Zuckerberg, he's probably... Probably, I, yeah. I think he'd be fascinating. Probably have a beer with him, yeah. Same thing with Bezos and... and, and right. You know, maybe Elon Musk seems a bit crazy. I'm not sure I'd want to be out for dinner with him. I feel like he'd just do something weird and inappropriate. You'd be like, oh, come on. Get off the table and pull up your pants. I mean, That's he's like, also you know, admitted that he's on the spectrum. So, I mean... Oh, well, so that, yeah, that would be yeah. you know, not... Really, again, I don't think anyone's going like, really? Right? 
but at least he's aware. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eva wanted to know, I'm curious about this. Uh, when are you going on that road trip to visit Joseph Prusa? <laughs> What's the story so there? Prusa. So, you know, I don't know. Do you know, you know much about 3D printing? Are you a 3D printing fan? Uh, I'm a fan, yes, but I haven't done much of it. So, so I mean, so, it just so Bruce is not just a man. He's a printer. I know. That's really all 3D printing, printed, right? Almost. Yeah. Um, so so the, the joke is that, you know, you know, everyone, you know, many people love 3D printing, but very few of them are a 3D printer. So Joseph is, is both a man and a printer. And he's just, <laughs> he is, he's, you know, he's a new type of leader. He's a new type of billionaire. I mean, I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's a billionaire, but, but he's someone who has got where he's got because he loves what he does and yeah. he loves people. He just, he's just, he, I've never, you know, I would get tweets from him, like little, like direct message tweets during the pandemic where he's freaking out because he's got 500 people working for him and he, and he's desperate to keep them safe. Ah. Oh. Like desperate. This is not a marketing ploy. This is like, this guy is like, I am responsible for these people. Yeah. How do I save them? And, and he's responded and his solution to that was to, you know, go above and beyond with the creation of masks and shields and protection for his workers that then got adopted by, by the country itself. And then, you know, and, and he helped, I mean, I printed, I printed a number of his his little um, face Here? shield things oh, okay. for our local hospital because they were desperate for shields at that at that point. And they're brilliant. Again, mm-hmm. it, it was a little plastic shield that you could print out. It didn't take too long to print. And then you took a, you know, those three ring binder protector pieces yeah. of paper and then you went clip, 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 and you put it on and then you had a face shield. And the hospitals were like eating them up because it's like, oh, my and God, this is storm. brilliant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's also shameful that our world is at a point where we had to do that. But, you know, but, but still the fact that we have the technology yeah. and that we ha- that we have people like you guys who are willing to say, mm-hmm. you know what? Hell with it. Let's do it. Yeah. I you mean, know? I did nothing. But they but the Prusa guys are the are the are the, are right. the, are the heroes here. I mean, and, and I think and Joseph cares. That's what I love about him is he's just somebody who truly he just loves humans. And I think that is not that is a not a common mm-hmm. thing with with a lot of these successful men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I just, uh, yeah, I just, anyway, so, and, and one, of, and I made a joke because there was a, there was a picture of, of this, of one of, one of his, his kids working, not kids, but one of his, everyone's a kid now, David. Um, uh, <laughs> I know, but one of these young people standing behind a booth at the Prusa booth. And I was like, oh man, I would totally hang out at the Prusa booth and talk about Prusa's because I've got these two, I've got two 3d printers of, of his wow. and they're brilliant and they're kids. I have built them from freaking nuts and bolts. I love them. You, um, you can tell those who are running the show, you can feel it in your bones and not, not with 100% accuracy. Those yeah. who look at us as people and those who look at us as consumers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's a difference. I never feel like, I never feel like a consumer with him. I always, he, he truly, he is so excited about what he's doing. And again, I think that could be, that can also turn into a, you know, one of those psychotic leaders as well. But I mean, I think, but I think in this case, it's truly uh, I mean, he's doing something he loves. He's hiring people he he respects. He's uh, reaching out to the, the 3D printing community. Is one of the things I think one of the apart from the Stargate community, it's one of the one of the most Im, uh, like welcoming and and supportive communities that you can that you can be a part of. I mean, I I loved. I think honestly, I've got more out of the 3D printing community than the, than 3D printing, if that makes sense. Like I, no, yeah, I just absolutely. Met these amazing, like Wexter. There's this guy Wexter who does all of these 
does a Patriot at every week. He puts out a new little model wow. that you, and they are just beautiful. What he does. I th- um, think I've stayed away because, uh, you can spend if, a fortune. Well, that, that's the part of it. I think I'll just, just disappear and never come back out again. <laughs> Cause they are the beginning of replicators. Mm. You know? Oh, they are. We will They're get there. The, they are replicators. Have you right. seen? Prusa's I mean, got a yeah. room. It's got a farm of because the other thing about Prusa's printers is Prusa's printers are made out of by Prusa's printers. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so Prusa's printers print wow. the parts that then go on to make other Prusa printers. So I snapped a piece because I'm an idiot when I first built when I built my my second one, and I was like, oh, what will I do? I go to the other one and I print the part and I put it in and it works fine. Because that's what they do, anyways. You know. Wow. Uh, no, it's 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 absolutely brilliant. And Just and crazy. I think, again, I do <laughs> I do think, it is very very easy to go to to forget that there are, there can be, um, uh, you know, there can be things that happen, consequences that happen from these technologies that we do need to be aware of. But of this, course, but I'm afraid that my first response is always joy. <laughs> I'm always just like. Every time because I you see, see the stuff. inherent possibilities, you know, yes, the, the yeah. important thing is that, uh, you know, that all of us remember to hit the emergency brake every now and then and ask, yeah. you know, it's I just go back to Jeff Goldblum, you know, sitting, sitting with mm. uh, Rich Sir Richard Jurassic, in uh, Jurassic World there in, you the go. Lunch, yeah, Jack, in the lunchroom right yeah. there saying, yeah. OK, did, have you stopped to consider this? Yeah, that's one of the no, greatest scenes that, in cinema. It's brilliant. It's Crichton. Um, He's, he's got some, he's got a lot of those moments and a lot of his books. Um, You know, they're fun books to read, by the way. They're like, they're, I mean, it's, they're somehow, they're really good science fiction because they are heavy on the science. And his nonfiction Um, is amazing as well, too. I love, Travels is my favorite. Really? Oh, Mm -hmm. I didn't even know he did that. The man was crazy. So the things that he, that he, yeah, go pick up Travels. Wow. Okay. I won't be disappointed. Done. Okay. Anima Confusa. David, I rewatched season two and I always feel bad for you hanging upside down in Runner. In yeah, so all do I. F- <laughs> in all five seasons, what do you think were some of the more challenging scenes physically to film? That was that was one that stood out for a couple of reasons. One was poor Rainbow was sort of getting yeah. pushed out at that point and yeah. um and struggling. It was really struggling. And um, and in that scene, he had some dialogue that he was struggling to remember. And I have I was upside down, slowly losing consciousness because I was hanging upside down. So um, and, uh, you know, and I'm fat and old and don't want to be hanging upside down before lunch. So I'm I, I literally said I literally I think I said something like just shut up, move your freaking mouth when I stop talking. I'll do my lines. I'll do your lines. And then, you know, so basically I, I just said each one of my lines in, in a, in a row and then said, that can't, get me out of this fucking tree. You know, like total full on, I went full McKay. Um, Cause it was miserable. And those hazmat suits, they don't breathe. You're sweaty. No, you're you're sweaty. It's probably dripping all up your and face. I was, and I was hungry, which is oh. never good. It's yeah. never good. Blood sugar. No one. Yeah. So I want you to come up and just give me a, like a Snickers bar or something anyways. And then as I do that, I look in and I see in the bushes, I see literally in the bushes standing in like in nature somewhere there's Jason. And he sort of went, he was like, Oh man, like he's cause here's the yelling. And then we make eye contact and he goes, and he pulls out his side and starts looking at them. And I heard him telling a story later one, one, on one of these conventions. And he said, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want the fat man yelling at me. I need to know my lines. So, you know, it was, uh, 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I it was that stood out as a particularly painful moment, and I, I think it was, and it was. Yeah, they were difficult circumstances in general. One of the uh, one of the other hard one of the other hardest ones for me was um, uh, was the dot was the was the whole um, uh, 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 Rod and Rodney stuff. That yes, was with crazy the crazy hard because you're talking. Yes, either talking to a tennis ball or to a stand-in who'd been who had being told that they could basically read the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of those I told you so's where I was like, guys, you've got to get like an actor who can really pick up these lines, right? And so I was so tense. Like I was so, because you're doing two roles. So you got twice as many lines to do. You're grumpy. And you're already this, handling at least 50% of the dialogue anyway. And Let's it be was fair. just, it drove me, yeah. It, drove, it was, I was feeling very hard done by. But the reality is like those are the, I think it's a bit like, not at all in my mind people laugh when i say this in my mind i feel it's a bit like extreme climbing or something i feel like give me as give like i want to see how far i go before i break like how many lines can i have to say how many roles do you play at the same time i would you know i i loved um you know orphan black because i was like oh my god what a dream what a dream and what a nightmare at the same time you know what i mean like if you can make it through that Mm-hmm. You know you're you've got the you got the goods. Colin right. Cunningham and I just had this conversation yeah. not an hour ago. Where oh, yeah. if you're not testing your metal to oh, yeah. to determine the limits of of your experience, yeah, what are you doing? I think you become you know? a soap actor. I mean, like you become you become a metahuman. You're not yeah. quite. You're that. You become an uncanny valley. You're yeah, just, I, I think you're just dancing through life. Yeah, I think it's definitely. Uh, it was a great saying that you were supposed to do something that scares you every day. And um, yeah. luckily, everything scares me. So it's, it's not a, I'm, I was like, I don't just play a coward on television. I'm very good at it in life, in life as well. In any of your peers that I have, that I have spoken with, mm. the only, like, even suggestion of a negative comment has been uh, oh. a, around, around mm. this type of a situation. Mm. And you get the impression from them that they are – that they – uh, they're in such awe of your ability to digest the information and spit it out on cue that they're like, you know what? He's he's saying most of the dialogue anyway. Let's mm-hmm. give him it. You know, <laughs> so I definitely I mean, people would laugh because I my son laughs at me because I I when I when I, you know, I blow hard when I when I go, I like I'm I'm like, you know, like and it's it's sort of amusing. Some people find it scary, I guess. But I I, I, and I've I've definitely now got to a point in my life where I I have I am dealing with that now where I'm trying not to go there because no one feels good in those situations when you no one wants to be screamed at. No one wants to scream. I always felt guilty. I was constantly apologizing to people if I got grumpy about stuff. Mm -hmm. Um weirdly enough food was a big thing it's a blood sugar thing i mean how often i mean everyone who's within the sound of my voice i'm sure has been in a situation where they have expectation of food they go to store or they go to restaurant and Mm. store is is not does not have your item or restaurant is closed Mm. what reaction do you immediately have yeah the panic sets in and you're hangry yeah that's That's exactly right you know so that was a big that was a big part of it um uh and also uh you know i'm incredibly I'm, I'm incredibly tough on myself. Like I don't, I really, like, I really don't want to, to screw things up. I hate it when I say a line wrong, you know, I, Tropper came up to me, uh, this, uh, uh, Jonathan Tropper from C brilliant guy who, who writes all the new C stuff. 
And, um, and he came up and said, um, he said, yeah, look, I'm fine with all of your paraphrasing, but, um, but if we could just get this line to say that, and I was like, paraphrase, what are you talking about? I said, I'm, I'm freaking word perfect. He's like, you're so not word perfect. And I was like, when I went off and I was like, you know, I came back and I was like, there, how is that? He goes, yeah, mostly. Um, you know, but it's, um, I loved him. I absolutely, I gotta say having, it was, you know, one of the few showrunners that it was actually a, you, I would prefer to have him on set than not. Wow. You know, normally it's like the showrunners are great to talk to in their environment. And, see, and then it's see like, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Then you just, that, otherwise you just feel like you're being judged on set all the time. That's fair. He was just the most wonderful, amazing, amazing, amazing guy. Linda Alexander. What was it like being back with Jason and Joe again on C? Oh my God. I, can you well, talk about it now? So, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, um, so, so, um, Jason and I had had uh, an altercation, a really nasty argument um, at a at a convention actually in Australia, and I'd sort of come in last minute to to fill in. I think for Joe actually. Um, so not only was he disappointed that his friend hadn't shown up, um, I showed up, and he was very very angry about some stuff that had happened on on Debug that that was un, the, unbeknownst to me, and was that was the uh, film was, you directed, right? Yes. Okay. Um, the film that. The, that she'll not be please don't watch it okay um i know i shouldn't say that i mean that, that there's you know it was it was a learning experience it was something yeah. that i'm very glad is behind me and but it was it was a very very frustrating um experience for many many reasons and um and you know partnering with the wrong people who weren't there to back you up on things and and some things were not handled that should have been and one of them was there was a there was there was a rule about uh, about how he was going to be in a poster or something. I can't remember what it was. There was something very specific that he was very angry about. And he, you know, Jason is the kind of person who, if there is a problem, he 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 wants it changed. Like there's no, you don't negotiate with Jason. You like it's you know he's very actually we're very similar that way. I think we both tend to to, to blow pretty hard when we when we go. So I found myself toe to toe with Jason having this massive argument about about some freaking poster in England or something. And I'm like, how the F am I supposed to know what the hell's going on? But it's not my job. He's well, you was, you should, you should have let him. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, we're back and forth having this argument in front of like, there were fans and stuff around had this huge argument. And I was in complete shock because I went to give him a hug. Cause oh, I, the last ready. time I talked to him, I had no idea. Yeah. I felt like such an idiot. Cause I'm like, come here. And he's like, Whoa. And I was like, what the, I thought he was joking. Right. So we had this big fight, um, didn't speak to each other the entire convention. You know, he wanted me dead. I didn't want to see him. And uh, and since after that, I tried to get in touch a few times because I just, you know, as always, you cool down and you're like, ah, dude, like, let's just, you know, whatever. And was never able to because the reality is Jason is a very, very famous man. now. Yeah, um, he's successful. You know, and I'm sure yeah. you're proud of him for it. I, well, this is the funny thing is I found myself struggling to be happy for him. And that really bothered me, like really bothered me. Cause I was like, I was happy for him. But then you're like, and yet I have to see him all the time. And, you know, so. Um, yeah. On buses and billboards and yeah. <laughs> he's everywhere well, was, you turn now. Yeah. So it was this constant reminder that I had a very, I had this lovely friend for so many years and that we were no longer talking really bothered me. And I guess it's something that happens when you get older. I think I used to be able to handle that stuff better. Now it really eats away at me because I just, because I, I really, really love the guy. We are like oil and water. We are complete opposites. He is as <laughs> cool and laid back as I am uptight and grumpy. So it, and we just, but for some reason we just, he was always this lovely guy. He, you know, he, he came to dog's breakfast when he didn't need to, to come and, you know, just to support the movie and yeah. just, 
like just freaking loved him. Jane yeah. and I just adored him. Um, uh, and, and Baz, you know, would talk about this massive guy. He remembers stepping into the trailer and the whole trailer would go like this. Whenever he <laughs> anyway, lovely, lovely guy. Um, and C came up and it was shooting in Toronto. Yes. And, and I got a call about a role and I said, no, there's no freaking way. I said, I do, I do not want to surprise Jason on set and have another freaking altercation. I'm not, I'm not interested. And my agent said, well, you know, just try. And I was like, no, no. And then Jane said, you're doing it. So I said, <laughs> so I went and I auditioned, auditioned for it. And I got the part and I was like, oh, I look, look, they got these sides. And I was like, oh God, this is so good. Like, it's so good. But I insisted on that they let the showrunner and everyone know that Jason and I of had not course. been speaking. And I wanted to make sure that Jason knew and was okay with this and that this wasn't going to be a problem. Um, and basically thinking that it wasn't going to work. And um, and it did. They said, oh, yeah, no, it's all sorted. And I'm like, I've heard this before. Because that's how we got in trouble before, is I, told, I was told this problem being sorted. And then Jason was angry, and I didn't even know it was happening. So, um, you know, I, I'm very skeptical when people say, oh, yeah, no, no, it's all handled. It's all handled. Um, so um, so we do the we do the first read through of season two. And, and I, of course, being the nerd that I am, I'm like one of the first people there. And there's Jason there, and he's like, Hewlett. Mm. I'm like, Momoa. And then from then on, it was like we were totally fine. I got on set. I said, I just said to him, I said, look, thank you. I honestly, I said, I, you did not have to let this happen. You did not have to make yeah. this happen. And and then he tells me, he says, he says, he says, yeah, well, you know, there was uh, there was like a meeting and they're saying like, oh, I want to do this bad guy and the bad guy. He's like a he's like a, a an evil Fraser Crane. And I said, Hewlett. And um and I was like, I was just so touched. And it was like, it was like his, I guess it was kind of like his olive branch. And, and, and I, and it was How about just, a tree? Yeah. It wow, was. That's on his show. The kind, the kind of gift, like, and it's a gift of a role. Like it is a magnificent role. It is speeches and explosions and horses and swords and all the stuff that I just, uh, that it's like, if you were to like, imagine what would get you into film and television like what made you want to do it it was all in this thing and um you know and tropper again i absolutely love tropper um the cast and stuff just amazing bunch of people like it truly honestly i'd have to say it's like my favorite gig i mean i loved stargate but but stargate was a was a hell of a lot of work and a hell of a lot of pressure it's also a different chapter of your life yes yes yeah this was close to home a couple of days here or there having wonderful speeches and wonderful time. And, and, um, and I just said to him, look, I said, thank you. You didn't have to make this happen. I really, really appreciate it. And, and then it was like, we're back on freaking Stargate again. I'm like making fun of his acting. He's making fun of my acting. We're like, it's like, it was, you know, I, he's like, same guy, more expensive toys. And I was like, yeah. Right. I said, yeah and I, and I can't tell you to shut up when I'm trying to learn lines. Cause your music's too loud. Um, <laughs> Cause he's got like a, he's got like a freaking village now that like, he lives right. in like a, it's unbelievable. Anyways, he is exactly the same guy. He's absolutely lovely. He's a giant freaking heart. Um, uh, that's so, I'm so glad to hear this. And oh my was, God. Daytime is a think- beautiful thing. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why I loved it so much as well, was I think I think a big part of my loving the show so much was I was like, hey, I got Jason back. 
You know exactly I mean? like, right. And again, I know Jason and I are not going to be hanging out in London together or anything. I mean, it's like we never were those but that type this, of friendship. Yeah, right. But just I feel like now I can walk in a room, see Jason, say hello, have a nice conversation with him and and not have to worry about it. And and he knows I'm not trying to fuck him over. And he knows mm-hmm. and I know. And I know that, frankly, he gave me a gift that I will never, ever be able to uh, to thank him enough for. So. And to people who are watching, yeah. let me tell you, if you know, this is. You know, we're approaching the holidays. If there is someone out there in your life, you know, oh, yeah. that you need to have a conversation with, please, 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 you know, bury in, the in hatchet, these, get it done, and not in their back, in the ground. One of my best and, friends. Yeah, that's right. Another story on this one. Please. One of my best friends now is a guy who I had a horrend, another one of these horrendous fights. I honestly don't remember what it was about, but I remember for six years we didn't speak, and. I, saw, I was in an airport and, uh, and I look and by the way, I take all responsibility for this stuff. Mm-hmm. I like I say, when I get angry, I get angry. I mean, it's like my wife and I have, a, have the, the best saying, which is if it feels good, don't say it. And it's worked very well for our marriage because, you know, I think in anger, you can say things that make you feel like, yeah, that'll get them. And it's like you never say that stuff. You never get that back. So no, you can't it, unmistreat someone. No, like that's that. it. No. So it uh, so I'm in an airport. I see this guy. And he's like, I see him, he sees me. And it's one of those like, you know, and then I walk off and I get a coffee and I'm something I go, I can't remember why I'm angry at him. Like I literally, I was like, why why do I hate him? So I was like, oh, this is stupid. And I walk up to him. I was like, I don't remember why, why I hate you. But I figure, you know, if I can't remember, what's the point? And he just, his face, he was just like, oh, it was like this. And both of us, all of a sudden, it's like just this weight. There's no point in carrying this stuff around. Because Unless it comes back and it's like, oh, now I remember. No. You know yeah, what? Well, look, and even if point. I do, yeah, at yeah. this point, I think it wouldn't matter. Honestly, I don't think it would good, matter. Good for you. Um, because, I, because I just – it's just not worth it. Yeah. Because I think the only damage you do is to yourself. And I think I was someone – you know, I had this saying that I would say as a joke, which is always like, it's not enough to succeed. Others must fail. And I realize now that I'm older that as funny as that was in my head – it's the wrong attitude. Yeah, it's it leaves you really attitude. hollow. It's a, it's a, it, the, a better one would be like a, a rising tide, you know, raises, raises all, all ships. Or I use that all yeah, the I mean, time. Because I think that's, that's more important is yeah. the idea that people you know, whether you like them or not, who do well, it, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not a, it's not like a zero sum game. You feel like you've lost a part because someone's, someone's got it. You're not in their world. That's not that, you know what I mean? Like that's not, Casting is so weird, and it's one of the things that drives me crazy about the film industry is that casting is such a weird process. There is no science to casting, unless you're like, unless Jason Momoa is going to bring in X number of dollars. (laughs) But anyways, I just, yeah, I I do, I have, I have never regretted, um, uh, you know, owning up to 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 my mistakes, which are many, and and um, uh, and I've never regretted saying sorry or or thanking people for things that that they've done. I, I just I I don't think you can lose with stuff like that all year round. Forget the season. I, mean, I agree. Right you know, what yeah. what does it hurt other than potentially your pride? Doesn't. And, and what is pride day, anyways? It doesn't mean anything anyways. Well, that's no. it. It's the fr- and friends are so much more. I mean, they're just so much more valuable in the, in the life. So the, so the guy that we had that I didn't talk to for six years, he now lives like about a block away and we walk the dog like every basically <laughs> every, every other day together wow. and we chat all the time. He's brilliant by the way. Wow. He's actually he's another guy people should check out. He's got a series of books called the um uh it's called the um uh uh the haunted library. 
And it is a series of short stories. And I swear to God, he's like a modern day Ray Bradbury. He's he's fantastic. One of my favorite stories is in the first first book. These are all self-published books he's done, by the way. He's like a screenwriter. Children's books. Yeah, but they're not children's books. They're like... They're like children's books as if written by somebody who wants to torture children with horrific stories. Oh, terrific. So it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> but one of my favorite stories is, is in the first book. It's called Tad the Monster. And it is about a child who looks like a monster and then learns to become one. Hmm. Because of society, because of the world, because of the, you know, and it's just the most, I like the hairs on the back of my neck go up. Just thinking about it. It's this beautiful horrible wow wonderful tale of like of of sort of like mistreating people and and that there aren't mon- the monsters aren't you know born they are created i mean it's just he's it's and that's just one of them there's like a ton of these amazing ones he's got a new he's got one called madison bane um werewolf detective which is really fun uh it's <laughs> just he's just got a wonderful sense of humor and he's also just a brilliant brilliant writer and a brilliant guy frankly so yeah that's really cool him. man you know, and the books aren't that expensive so just pick them up and then yeah yeah so come back on and say what you thought i'm so much better at selling everyone else's stuff i've got to get better at like you know, <laughs> selling me yeah, uh, yeah that's funny uh martin paquette i'm such a huge fan of mckay and how you played him in the shrine uh, he mm. says, this guy says was your top episode. What mm. research did you do to prepare um, for that episode? And I and I have a follow up to that. Doing that with um, your sister. Yeah, you know it's funny. It, it again be a I, levity at the same and at the same time it's like putting yourself in the real situation. Man, you know because she and I have talked about it. It's like she at certain points she was bawling. Mm. She was inconsolable. I think you can only sort of play those things. I think you can only sort of play those things straight because you can't mock any of that kind of stuff. I think you can't. Again, it's sort of the nature of. That's why I think comedians are such are really better actors than actors because if, if there's if you can make people laugh, they laugh because they connect to something. You know what I mean? Like, or you shock someone or something. But I, there was that that was so beautifully written that piece. Um, you know. And also there's a luxury there. Like normally in a, something like that, you have to go and you have to research specifically. What is it? What are the, what are the, you know, but with, in this case, you could just take this, take this sort of story that, that, that Brad had put together and, and just play with different aspects of different, of different conditions, you know? Um, Were you know, you aware seen... of how personal that story was for him at the time? Yeah. I, oh, now so you I, connect... do. I didn't. You didn't then. You know. Okay. No. Well, in fact, one of the funny, one of my, one of my funny stories um, was about doing off. Brad was doing off camera with me because we shot all of the video stuff at lunch one day, which is again, one of the things I love about film is that, you know, you could spend all, you could spend a week working and crafting these things. I truly believe that the best stuff comes out of accidents. And we had, a lunchtime to do this. So I sort of came in literally with like a sandwich and we, and then we would do, we would do the scenes and he cried. He cried. And I said, and, and I, and I was like, you're not, you're not crying because of my performance. You're crying because of your lines. <laughs> Cause it was like, it's so beautiful what I've written. Um, but, but he just, and again, he's just a lovely, he's such a suck. I love him. Um, and then I heard recently that what it was, what it was all about. Um, and, uh, but I think we all know people like this. It's so prevalent now. This is aging population. People, 
um, you know, people who struggle with that stuff and mental health. I mean, mental health is a big part of our family. We've had a lot of mental health issues in our family. So, um, so there's, there are just little aspects of every, of everything there. It's one of those beautiful things that if this had been anything, if it was an ER episode or something like that, you'd have to know what you'd have to, you'd have to know everything about that disease. Um, but in this, you could just take the cues from the script and, and just make them as real as you as you could, and I I just I loved it, and of course it helps having your sister there. I was about to ask, yeah, with she with her right the there. drop of a hat, she you know she starts sobbing away, and it's you know, um, no, it was wonderful. It was it was wonderful having her. It, it was always I loved having Kate there because you just it's you know there's no we just insult each other the whole time, and it's just <laughs> it's 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 kind of fun, and she's also one of the funniest and most talented people I've ever met, unfortunately. So. You know. <laughs> How is motherhood treating her? I haven't spoken with her. Oh, my God. They've got this freaking perfect child. Uh, it's just these giant freaking eyes. And oh like, God. you know, yeah, she seems to be. I mean, um, you know, she seems to really be love. I, I'm so happy for her because I just don't know what I don't. I could never imagine her without a kid. Like, she's just such of all of us. I think she probably is the, is the one that I would most have imagined having a child. Um, and she was the only one who hadn't. So, you know, ah, well, yeah, no, the kids, the kids, George is just, I call her George. Of course, everyone hates that, but, um, <laughs> but that's why I say it. Um, no. Uh, in your opinion, Goran Adonofsky wants to know which mm. expedition leader, uh, did McKay, uh, prefer to work with the most Weir, Carter or Wolsey, which do you think he connected with the most? I well Carter, I think. I mean, I begrudgingly, yeah. but I think Carter. Um, you know, Weir was always a struggle for him, I think, because I I I just don't because she I, I think the advantage that Carter had was that because of the the science yep. aspect of it, you know. He, he was not I don't think McKay really understood bureaucracy. He was never good at diplomacy, he never understood any of that kind of stuff. I mean, and if you asked him, he probably thought that he was the team leader anyway. So I think, you know, if you asked McKay who he thought was the best team leader, it would be himself. And now a few words on leadership. Right, you know, exactly. You know. And him thinking that before Carter comes in that he's going to take – he's fully convinced that he's going to take over the expedition. Yeah, and just completely absolutely. shocked. It's like, yeah. wow. You no, know? I mean, I think that's it. I think that's – but that is absolutely McKay. I mean, I think, you know, it's funny thinking back, see, looking at McKay through sort of the current – with a current lens is, is fascinating to me because um, I've um, I found a little bit of tea. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, I uh, pardon me while I die. Go on without me, David. Um, I'll carry the torch. Yeah, you do it. Tell him the story. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was saying before I started dying. What was I something fascinating? I'm sure. Talking about um, oh, for God's sake, what is it that happens See? in our minds? It's it's because I was. It's a squirrel. This is a squirrel. Fact. Squirrel. Absolutely. No, we were talking about what was the, the question? The, the, McKay, the question. Was Carter, Woolsey, or um, yes, yeah, um, yeah. He, I mean, he he really does assume that he's going to be put in charge. I think he really does fancy himself a hero, um, but at the same time, and, and is to some extent. But I, I think he just doesn't. Again, he doesn't understand diplomacy at all. Mm-hmm. I remember having an argument with 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 Tori at one point where. Um, we all ran for the puddle jumper and, and we all took seats and she got stuck in the back. And he, she said, don't you think that 
that that you would give up the chair? I said, absolutely, I would. She said, good, can I have it? I said, but McKay wouldn't. McKay would not. That's There's the thing. There's no way. There's no way he would give up his seat. Yeah. And I, and she was very frustrated by it. And I was like, I was like, Tori, it's not you. It's not me. It's him. It's it's McKay and and Weir. And that's I'm a friend. Like, not to be a dick, but I'm a dick. You know what I mean? He's, like, it's like, he's thinking about himself. And, you know, I have to, I, I am responsible for getting us there. You and I can think diplomacy your way out of a, out of it. But I mean, and I think actors for can forget that sometimes they yeah. can get so into their character that they forget either into their character or into their own. They they connect so much with their character that they don't know where they stop and the other one begins. And I, I'm not good enough actor to do all that chameleon stuff. So I <laughs> I tend to just pull on stuff that I that exists for me. So. That that tiny little ego that I have, I you know you, you play on that sarcasm is always be always a big fan of sarcasm. So I think you play up those elements of yourself that 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 work for the character. And and McKay, unfortunately, there was an awful lot to work with. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, yeah, or fortunately, depending on the case, maybe yeah. Weather's windy. Oh right, so that was the that was the current lens. The current lens. That's what I was talking ah, about. Ah yes, the idea that that I mean McKay would have been canceled. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. I just think that what's interesting there is that uh, is that the, in a way, Atlantis was about him discovering the humanity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He'd worked alone for so long. He was so reviled by so many people mm-hmm. that what I loved about McKay was that instead of being introduced to a character, we were almost sort of pulling him apart, seeing where all the strings led. You know what I mean? And I think that's what was so much fun about it. And it was also just a different era in television, too. I mean, he would be written differently if it were if it were uh, happening now. I mean, Mobius, mm. m- in, in Mobius, he grabs mm. Carter's butt. Yeah. And it's played for laughs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now, that would not happen that way. Nope. Um, nope. It's just... Well, there was a lot different. of that, too. Because, I mean, I mean, again, SG-1 started... Long before right. people realized that what we the way we were living our lives was was wrong. Um, you know, I think I think what's what's kind of great about what's going on now is that you can definitely get. You know, I think people can get kind of worked up about where things are going, but the reality is, I think what's most important is that this, is that society is now ready to start considering this stuff. We're yeah, used to having that laugh. larger conversation. Yeah, that it would just you couldn't even talk about this stuff before. And I'm not saying that that scene wouldn't have happened now, but our reaction to it would be very different, and our reaction mm. to him would be very different. Yeah, and I there would so. have to be some kind of a if if we are to look at continue to look at him as a hero, he has to have mm. that arc so that we can see and connect the dots and go, okay, mm. we're not there anymore. We are here. Mm. I buy that because I mean but we that- can still go back and watch the show. And the mm. character is still a huge success because we have the connective tissue of mm. all of it, of all aspects of him. But this is the other thing, though, I think that people forget or maybe people don't want to know. I don't know. Is that is that good people do bad things and bad yeah. people do good things. And I think there's and I think that that's what makes interesting characters. And I think that I think that that uh, I think we want to be careful not to throw out everything because right. of you know because of it. that is by no means defending you know obviously any kind of uh you know uh behavior predatorial yeah. behavior any of that kind of right. stuff but but it, it, i feel like i think that that's part of the problem and people go like how does this happen it happens because you know some of these some of these assholes are actually nice to people mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean like some of the people are 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 terrible 
in private and 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 fantastic in in public or um you know and i i i i would hate to see these characters not exist anymore because i think that that would be false it would be fa- it would be false to believe that people aren't that, that these people that exist the and, reverse um, you know. option is 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 scary in my opinion which is to just delete it all together there is mm. uh, were you aware of community the series i love community yeah there was yeah. an episode called uh which is one of my favorites called <laughs> i shouldn't even be getting into this advanced dungeons and dragons oh yeah and yeah. and ken yeah. jung plays mm. an elf in blackface in mm. this episode mm. but he's not he's not god i don't remember that it's not oh. he's not playing mm. a character in blackface he's playing a shot some kind of shadow elf right and right. they killed the whole episode um because of what it was appearing appearing to be on the mm. surface because mm. people complained right when inside of that story is a story about someone who is being mistreated by someone else remember. and by the end of that episode the guy who was mistreated goes to chevy chase who has been who has been mistreating this guy who is on the verge of suicide for the mm. entire show and he mm. goes to Chevy Chase and says, that was the best game of Dungeons and Dra- Dragons I've ever played. And if you want to play again that. next yeah. weekend, I'll play. And Chevy's like, okay, I'll do it. You know, But that doesn't matter. What matters now is the appearance of of the uh, Ken Young- Jung's character. And so the mm. entire episode has been removed. It is not available to be seen online mm. anymore. And I, I'm looking at those kinds of situations. It's like we've got to be really careful about – a everyone's feelings, mm-hmm. but B making sure that we understand everything that as best we can, and then making a judgment call based on mm-hmm. that. Maybe putting it, at the beginning, you know, an explanation of yeah. what's going on, or like like yeah. Disney is doing. Okay, keep in context what you're about to watch is a product of its time, yeah. and what you're about to watch may not be implying what you think it's meaning mm. as well as with the. I think the that's elf. important. I think that's important. I mean, I. You know, at the same time, I also feel like I that what I love is that we're having these discussions now. Correct. I I think that it's important. You know, I have only recently realized <laughs> this is how privileged I am. Uh, I only recently realized, of course, that that you know my perspective on everything is very specific. I mean, mm-hmm. there's uh, you know, and again, this is a huge discussion, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think we could go for hours on this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I I read an amazing book which I found incredibly uncomfortable called um, So You Want to Talk About Race. Yeah. And and her position at one point in the book, which got me really upset until I went, okay, let's just say she's right, which was basically I am, you know, white, straight, um, able-bodied um, uh, and uh, what else is everything else? So, but basically it means I'm a, I'm a racist, I'm racist, sexist, um, homophobic and ableist. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, I was like, really? And then I went, well, wait a second. What if I am? Like, just for a second, what if I step back and go, I am? And then I go, okay, so I'm going to approach things from that perspective now, from now on. So when I say the wrong thing, I don't get defensive. I go, thank you. Great. Okay, that's, I, I had not thought of that. Because we all have a very specific view of the world. And that is based entirely on how we were raised and what we look like. And that's unfortunate, but the reality is if you could step back and realize that racists aren't all running around, you know, hiling Hitler and wearing white, right. that, you know, like that, that racism is, is, is something completely different than that. Um, and that uh, again, that, that, that if, if you, 
you need to you need to you need to sort of step into that role before you understand before you can start accepting what's 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 happening. I think right it's now. I think as long as people are willing to have a conversation mm. and not say, no, you are what I think you are because I said so. And, mm. you know, mm. I am going to assert my power over you in period. As mm. long as we can continue to have a conversation and as long as it's in good faith and not in mm. bad faith, because there is a difference. Mm. Um, then absolutely. there needs to be offense. There needs to be offense at times. Nothing yeah. changes. People. No, words are tools. Every, we have to everybody we, we can be work our, find something. our boundaries by yeah. by communicating. And yeah. then and then uh, Patrick Stewart, you know, ad- admitted once he told a, a joke that could be inferred as racist. And instead mm. of Michael Dorn and LeVar Burton freaking out about it, they came to him and said, look, this is how we feel about what you said. And he was like, mm. I had no idea. Yeah. I am so sorry. And they were like, yeah. We love you and we and we we respect you enough that we came to you in person and told you how we felt, mm-hmm. you know, and now you make of it what you will. And they moved on, you know, yeah. and we don't move on don't. as much anymore. So, well, I, and I think also that it's you got to choose the platform for that. You're not going to have those discussions on Twitter. You're not going to have those discussions yeah. on social media. And those X are discussions of that characters need to happen. Yeah. On, yeah. Yeah. It's awful. Um, and to question it when it comes up. I mean, that's right. the other thing is like it, when this stuff comes up, it's, you know, the reason why, you know, us white guys have such a heart of, oh, we don't want, why you don't talk about you don't talk about race? It's because we don't have to. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? We haven't spent our entire life having to have those discussions. So how dare we say I don't want to have these discussions? It, why does it have to be about race? It has to be about race because it, it, because other for other people that's their entire existence. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, the arts but again, that this you... is all learning. I get excited about this because again, we're yeah. just learning new stuff, new perspectives, new. The, a, a new world, new societies. I mean, this is all. It's it can only be good, honestly. I think having discussions, as long as we having, keep talking, yeah, yeah. As long as you're talking, that's it. That's true. And, yeah. You know, the art that you guys get to engage in, um, in terms of in terms of uh, creating a performance, helps people mm. immensely. Uh, Duja eighty nine. I want to say thank you to to David. Depression hit hard a few months ago, and I attempted suicide. He says, afterwards, I ended up um, rewatching Sunday and mm-hmm. the shrine and the scene of McKay and Shepard on the pier. And um, he said that was a big chunk of helping him to begin to recover. Wow. So thank you, DJ 89. And keep going, buddy. I mean, it's like that. I mean, this is the thing is depression is one of those weird, oh, weird things. I think, man. you know, something else worth talking about. I love I love that. Um, I have suffered from it. Absolutely. Myself. I mean, and again, everything's everything's a spectrum. Like that's a, we've found it with light. We found it with electromagnetic. I mean, everything we've got. It's all you know. The, the, we've got the reality is everything is a spectrum. And I think you know you just sort of got to look at your own stuff and go where where am I on these things, and and learn the the sort of the telltale signs. My wife is responsible for for fixing a lot of stuff in my life because she's she said, look, you know, I love you, but you are. You are out of, you know, you're just, you are, you are not in a good place. And, and I, I, and your first response is always like, screw you. Uh, yeah. That's the, that's the knee jerk reaction. You know, for sure. I'm a guy. I don't need to do that. <laughs> um, and it, it's, you know, I, I feel horrible that anyone gets to the point where they want to do that kind of stuff. And I, and, you know, and, and good for you for, 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 you know, for vocalizing that, for, for getting that out there. And I'm, and I'm looking, and it's, and it's wonderful if a show can, can help like that can help like that. But the reality is, thank you. But you did that. 
not me. I mean, you know what I mean? Like the show, mm-hmm. I'm sure it can be a great thing to watch and a great thing to sort of get. You. One of the things I love about science fiction is that it's, it's fantastic escapism. That's what I, you know, I love that. I need that so often, you know? Um, but the reality is, you know, you're still here because of you. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's make sure you give yourself some credit on that as well. Yeah. It comes down to a choice, you know, yeah. you can choose to, to, um, yeah. allow your problems to, um, uh, surmount you and destroy you or you know mm. you can take a take a chance and say you know what uh i'm going to try to uh take a chance on myself and i'm gonna mm. try to be brave you know well, it's not being just brave you. is staying in the fight and it's also not just you that's the other thing is that it's like you know i think it's there are times when you feel that it isn't worth it but that's generally when you've got to such a place that it's only you um mm. And the reality is we all have, you know, we're like a, you know, we're a pebble in the water, right? I mean, there are Correct. just ripples of, of effect that we have. I mean, it's been, you know, these things lead to other people making bad decisions, you know? And I think that, I think there's a, I'm not saying it's, you know, don't be irresponsible. <laughs> don't be irresponsible. Stay alive. No, but make I good mean, ripples. You know, yeah, that's it. That's a good way of putting yeah. it. Make good ripples. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um I, this is interesting. Akos, we're like we're like a self help. <laughs> and yeah. next in, we have Katie you do from not Washington. Want to take life advice from <laughs> life no. advice from the K. Yeah. No. And now a word on leadership. Yeah. <laughs> uh, weather's windy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, David, w- w- how aware are you of the uh, Stargate Legacy uh, relaunch novels? And did you know what happened with McKay in it? I, I, people tell me every so often. I haven't read. I, I haven't read them. It's I. I'm. You know. It's. I, first off, I'm terrible at reading. I think I. I I'm. I'm definitely more of an audiobook now. Um, but I can't this do way. fiction. Think of what would happen if the Wraith did to McKay what Atlantis did to Michael. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, people ask me, what is the one thing I miss from Stargate that we that we didn't do on Stargate that I would like to have done? Um, and it's uh, uh, Evil McKay. I want an Evil McKay because it's so much fun. I mean, see, I've been running around basically like an Evil McKay, slightly crazier, um, you know, and it's just villains are just so much fun. They get all the fun, the villains. Now, you know? were you to do that, I think, and check, correct me if I'm wrong, that you wouldn't mm. have... Yeah! I'm evil McKay. No, would have no, no. had this like tension running through of like mm. serious and intense. Well, would, would that be how you would have taken that? I think so. I mean, I think the the reality is, I think that you know, I mean, everyone's a villain as well, right? So mm-hmm. it's again, it's just about playing up those villainous aspects. You know, um, you know, uh, you go, you know, you go predatorial as opposed to just inappropriate. You go, you go. Um, uh, you know, you you take out empathy when it comes to technology. You do. I mean, McKay makes a lot of villainous decisions yeah. in, in Atlantis anyways. He gets us into a lot of trouble because he just can't leave things alone. And I think that that would be really fun to explore if it was somebody who just suddenly doesn't have that empathy, doesn't have that humanity. McKay could have gone that way. That's the reality is that if McKay had been sent to... I don't know, Siberia instead to work for longer periods of time. You know, he could have come back as a as a truly, truly, you know, dangerous and and and, um, you know, uh, I mean, almost you could almost you could almost go tech millionaire with it. Could tech. I was thinking dark side Tony Stark. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. come out with an yeah. Iron Man suit and God knows what he's powering it with. And, you know, yeah, exactly. yeah I think I if think that's... McKay was left to his own devices, I think mm. that very few people would be left alive and he would have developed unlimited energy. Right. For, yeah. for no one. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's that's... gone. Yeah, I mean, I think, and again, it would be, he was, you know, he, it would be some kind of like a, a, he would have some kind of world structure where it's like, you know, either you are a scientist or you are not important. Yeah. You know, um, I think, Ooh. yeah, absolutely. You could see that. That'd be fun. God, it'd be so much fun to do. <laughs> you know, villains are so much fun. Oh my God. I just love, I mean, one of the things I loved about McKay was that he was, you know, he, 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 he was wrong a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. He did do the wrong thing you know i mean he was always it was it's so much fun to play characters who would say and do things that you would never do but you get to sort of you know you play out those fantasies yeah you know yeah in a very safe way (laughs) mckay's safe word i don't know what that would be zpm maybe or something i don't know just thinking wants to know uh any chance at a guest episode on one of the new tracks you've been auditioning right? oh god i did i did for a while yeah i haven't there hasn't been anything recently but but yeah I, i went in for a bunch of stuff um yeah, I'd, uh, I will. Obviously, I'd love to. I'd love to. Hired um, all popped on there, and I was like, yes. Oh, God, he's so good. He's so he's good. So and it was good. a blip of a performance, but at least it was mm. something. And he's so, so distinctive, too. Like, you just oh, yeah. can't miss him. You know, no. I could have been on there. People wouldn't even notice. Um, I'm always <laughs> terrified. I, it's funny. One of the things on C is I've got this, this, I've got a rather extensive prosthetics that they've actually, you can see it. I think you can see it sort of behind my head. There. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the makeup effects guys, uh, guys, the group, the, the team, yeah. uh, women and women and men who did it are just absolutely just brilliant. Um, and it was two and a half hours of prosthetics. And one of the, I was, I was joking. I said, Oh God, I'm going to be on, I'm going to be doing like Star Trek soon. And they're like, Oh, you don't want to do that. Cause that's always like, right. It's like the full, full. And blown. I've always been a bit scared of that, but, but Doug Jones watching Doug Jones work. I, I have a newfound respect for, Man. for, the creatures you know um i don't know that i'd have the patience i am so yeah he just he was like a saint in, in shape of water i i couldn't get over what he what he did and um, i mean what he did in pan's labyrinth i mean the guy just he's a chameleon oh, yeah. he can take on any shape i, su- yeah. I suppose there's just a wire that you have to cut in your brain to mm. let you just be absorbed by whatever it is that's that's going to consume your face and your body and everything else and help you develop this personality so he is so enthusiastic about it Ah. like he has i think we share a certain kind of just unadulterated love of what we do when we get to do it you know what i mean absolutely um you know i it's one of the dangers with having a job that is what you love to do is that sometimes you can lose that i've i've there have been times in my career that i've lost that lost that excitement about stuff and and i think it's very i would actually i would give i would i would say that the del toro is what got it back for me because i did shape of water and thought okay great guillermo's on the list that's that's gonna help for roles <laughs> but that was sort of my feeling going into it because it's like ah, it's not a very big role whatever um and then doing the read through uh, doing the rehearsals and i was like oh god i hate rehearsals, I don't <laughs> rehearsals you know and and then i didn't want to leave because wow. it was just such an amazing thing to watch these actors work and to watch Guillermo and his stories about all the different the time that he got to take with it. And then mm-hmm. and then they couldn't get me offset because I was just like, what does that do? What does this do? And we're talking to you know, Guillermo and I are talking about comic books and stuff. I, just, I was about to ask, this, how nerdy yeah. is he? He's oh, he's the, oh, yeah, he's like. But he's like, I want to say like, he's like the Gandalf of Hollywood. He's got yeah. he's like a magician among magicians. I mean, he's just he lo- again. 
He just freaking loves it. But he's also terrifying. I mean, like you just you don't want to you don't want to mess it up, you know, like because you just I mean, partially you just don't want to let him down, but also because like he's he knows what he wants and you he demands you need to deliver it. Oh, yeah, it is without, you know, I'm really excited because I'm going to be working with him again on in January. Oh, great. um, So so he's got this show called like 10 after midnight or 12 after midnight or. I should probably know the name of it, shouldn't I? Um, uh, but he just, they just announced it. And it's, it's, it's a series of horror. Uh, it's like an anthology show of horror uh, directors, basically. 10 After Midnight, Netflix after midnight, Horror Anthology. Ooh. Yeah, so, so I am doing one with my very, very old high school friend, uh, Vincenzo Natale, who did Cube and Splice and In the Tall Grass and has just done the peripheral. Um, oh. a, a brilliant and absolutely wonderful old friend of mine and Guillermo. So, and God knows what they've got for me, but you know, I know I went in, <laughs> I did a fitting for a tunnel the other day. So we'll see what that, where that leads a tunnel, a tunnel. They're like, okay, what's the smallest you could be in a tunnel. And I'm oh like, gosh. Oh God, it's after Christmas. I'm at a Turkey on either side. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I feel bad yeah. for you, though. <laughs> it's, well, this Jeez. is the beautiful thing about Vincenzo and Guillermo, for the matter. It's never generally comfortable, but it's always fantastic. Well, that's you know the thing. I mean, if yeah. you walk away going, damn, that was good, you know, yeah. or that looks good, then yeah, hey, again, it's, it's worth that extreme. It. It's that extreme acting sports thing where you go like, <laughs> right? that was that was so grueling. But oh, my God, how cool is that? You know, <laughs> um, Dan Ben, did you? What 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 were your true feelings of Rodney's first name being revealed as Meredith? Oh, I didn't care. I was so yeah. funny. People get so we're so like we're so I I yeah I yeah I I names are so funny because names are I've had this because I in the little tiny bit of writing I've done um, I realized that names are one of those things that you can't argue with people about. You know, people go, oh no no, you can't use that name. It's a terrible name, and you're like. For you, that's a terrible name. Right. For me, it's got a completely different subjective. So it's entirely Meredith never had any. I never worried about having a girl's name, if that makes sense. Although, I, to be fair, my sisters used to tease me by saying Davida. And that was always their, you know, I was like, well, shut up, I'm not Davida. Um, you know, because they're like, your hair's so long, you're Davida. Um, you know, but that was back in the days when, when it was, you know, God forbid a man should be called a woman. Now it's like, whatever. <laughs> My issue was, okay, this just destroys continuity because his name was Rodney Ingram McKay as a nod to Benjamin Ingram before the show started. And then yeah, it, with yeah. the stroke of, of Martin Garrow's pen, it was erased. And so we right. had to – then then on the Omnipedia, we're like, okay, so we're going to name him McKay, comma, Meredith. And Darren's like, no, it's still Rodney McKay. We'll put a forward in for Meredith. I'm like, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It would be hard to change that name. <laughs> of yeah. course. Although Meredith McKay's got a got a he'd be much better as a country singer of some sort. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. I can see so that. So far from home. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Dave, it's been a pleasure. Uh, oh, always, back always. On, man. I'm amazed I made it through. I was like I was a little worried I was gonna like, you know, like fall asleep on you or something, because I as I say, I'm waiting for this I'm waiting for my MRNA to kick in. Well, to borrow from Jack O'Neill, well, you know. <laughs> he that was a surprise i didn't know he was popping in on the AI oh you thing. didn't wasn't that no. wasn't that a trip i was like oh my god i don't know what the hell he was talking about but it was fantastic to see him as <laughs> always he's there's a few people like that who i absolutely love 
one of them is actually a director on on C as well, oh, okay. who we who will come up to you and say things to you, and I'll and I'll go, okay, great, yeah, fantastic. And then someone will say, what is that? What, what is he saying? And I was like, I have no idea, no idea at all. But but I get the sense we're doing you the right intuit thing. it, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. A, just it's all about that wonderful energy. So exactly. Now you've got to be you've got to be dying. This is like your third fourth hour of this now. How many? Yeah, I started. Uh, yeah, I'm almost hitting five hours, and then I'm gonna work. I have a ten eleven hour shift uh, right after I end with you. So, dude, I gotta say, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. You are. I I think I said this in the chat, but but um, I thank you because like you just you the I cannot believe how you do this. I can't believe how you know you can make this all exciting again. Whatever it is, a thousand years after I did it, and and yeah, it's just fantastic. Thank I you. am I am absolutely privileged. I just you know it's I'm trying to get more of your um of your colleagues involved, and it's just mm-hmm. a, a luck of the draw. And I'm so thankful for the cast of Atlantis. They're they're tremendous. SG One and and Universe have been a little bit tougher, um, but it's, you know it's, anyone who wants harder. to play, yeah, yeah. it's harder because I think people. I mean, you know, I think some people like to move on, of, and can't blame and, them. But I'm a nerd, so absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm no, I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not letting McKay go. I freaking love that. <laughs> and it's not um, yeah. as long as we're keeping it interesting and fresh, mm. you know. And it's not yeah. the same thing, you know, time after time. That's that's the the important thing to me. To me, and the fact that pe- we're almost at twenty thousand subscribers, something's yeah. working, you yeah. know. And uh, and if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. So that's correct. The, I don't mean, do, honestly. Yeah. So don't. I mean, no one needs to say thank you. I'm, I'm, I, I, I enjoy this stuff. So, you know. well, I appreciate you, and I um, look well, forward likewise. to having you uh, in the new year, sir. Let's do it again. Yeah, I appreciate it, brother. Sure. You have... check him out. Yes, Go follow him on Twitter. Fundraiser please, please for follow Lance, him on Twitch. Uh, uh, car, yeah, Lance Quad car. Squad. Yeah, he's absolutely wonderful. And even if you look, if you don't have any money, just go and follow him on Twitch. Yeah, share. Help him share with the subscribers. story. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think you'll love him. He's just he's just yeah, he's he's uh, he's quite a character. Dave, continued luck with Tech Bandits. Uh, Thank you much. Really yeah. excited about the Del Toro bit. We'll be watching. Oh, that yeah. Sure. Start shooting that in January. Oh, legit. And um, and Nightmare Alley's coming out. OK. That's yeah. So if you watch the here. trailer. David, if you're watching the trailer, you probably recognize some fantastic hand acting. Dr. Elrood. That was my hand that comes in onto the... uh, Yeah, that was it. (laughs) I literally paused it for my son. I was like, look, see? That's That's your dad's hand. It's like, Dad, you're so lame. But yeah, that's that's my my hand. It's actually a really... It's a very small scene. Okay. um, But it was uh, rather fun. Okay. And and it it was double in length because we shot it... (laughs) Before the pandemic, I showed oh, up for my wow. second day of shooting, showed up for my second day of shooting, and they said, go home. Longest lunch I've ever had. It was six months. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, then we came back and then shot the rest of the scene. Wow. Nightmare yeah, so Alley. Pretty, All right. Yeah, so, go, so go check that out as well. I think it's, I think it's December, I believe. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. sir. We will do that. Yeah. Thank you again so much. Again, and I'll likewise, we'll check man. in after Enjoy. the holidays. Yeah. Try to get some sleep somewhere. <laughs> One of these days, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah. well. All right. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye, Dave. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. David Hewlett, Rodney McKay on Stargate, Atlantis, SG-1, and Unit. My light is absolutely gone. I apologize. It's so dark in here. My name is David Reed, and you're watching Dial the Gate. We have an update on the merchandise portal on the website. So if you go to dialthegate.com... And I maybe I should have set this up right before I brought it up. So, dialthegate.com. 
and then you click on merch and any one of our items now, it'll take you to all the items. We're really, really happy about this. Thank you, Frederick, for making that happen. So, and that's my dashboard there. So just ignore that, please. So if you um, really uh, want to support the show, uh, we appreciate uh, anything that you can do, a like, a share. But if you want to buy some of our themed swag, we now have that, that available. Uh, t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, uh, all on dialthegate.com slash merch. We really appreciate your support. And as always, my team, my amazing team of moderators, um, Summer, Tracy, uh, Keith, Jeremy, Reese, and Anthony, you guys are the best. Big thanks again to Frederick for helping us uh, develop the new dialthegate.com. His con- his, uh, you can reach him at conceptsweb.ca. And thanks to my producer, Linda Gategabber-Fury as well. They really uh, are pulling out all the stops to make Season 2 possible. We're going to get out of here, folks. Uh, I do have a couple of episodes scheduled for next week, and then we're taking the U.S. Thanksgiving weekend off. But that information is going to be coming in the next couple of days here as soon as I can uh, uh, get the time and energy together to assemble that. In the meantime, my thanks once again to David Hewlett. Always a pleasure to have him on. And to all of you for tuning in and helping to make Season 2 and the continued growth of Dial the Gate possible. My name is David Reed for Dial the Gate. You guys have a wonderful week. We'll see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producers are Darren Sumner and Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The moderators are Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design is by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots. The webmaster is Frederick Marcoux. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Frederick Marcoux. For inquiries, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. Thanks for listening.